Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Wild Idaho Podcast, brought to you by the Idaho Conservation League. The Idaho Conservation League is Idaho's leading voice for conservation, protecting the air you breathe, the water you drink, and the land you love. This podcast is the place to find your community, get inspired to take action for the Idaho you love, and hear stories from real people who are making a difference to our amazing state of Idaho. Welcome to the Wild Idaho Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Hopkins, and I'm really glad you can be here to join us. So today we're joined once again with Jonathan Oppenheimer, Idaho Conservation League's staff lobbyist. Uh, he is in the midst of the 2018 legislative session, um, which is always a busy time. So we're really appreciative of Op being able to take the time out of his busy day uh, and kind of give us this mid-legislative update. What's what's happened so far, what bills have passed, what bills haven't passed, and then what, what do we expect to see on... Uh, in the next couple months, or I guess the next month, ideally. Um, so with that, Jonathan, thanks for being back on the show, uh, back on Wild Idaho. Great to be here. Yeah. Um, so let's start with what have we seen? We're, we're roughly, I know there's not a like finite or definite end date, but we're roughly halfway through. What have we seen so far, good and bad? Yeah, you know, we've seen, it's been kind of as we anticipated, uh, not a huge focus on environmental issues, but um, we are seeing a a handful of issues pop up here and there. Um, You know, we've seen everything from efforts to try to cut down on vehicle emissions testing um, to um, nullifying the entire federal government. Um, minor things. <laughs> to um, changing or eliminating the requirement to test backflow preventers, to um, trying to force the federal government to never close another road again in Idaho. Um, mm-hmm. And so we've seen uh, a pretty wide swath of, of different uh, bills and rules and regulations um, and, uh, and yeah, like you said, we, we probably have about a month or so left. Um, and we are keeping a close eye on a number of different bills and issues that are moving their way through the legislature, uh, and look forward to getting into some of the detail on those in this discussion. Cool. Now I, I just want to note too, uh, celebrate, we have, we've had some big wins, science standards being among those. I mean, that's, that's been a three-year battle, four-year? Three years. Three year? Yep, okay. this is the third time it was up, and so it was either third time's a charm or, or three strikes and you're out. And luckily it was the uh, the former instead of the latter. Nice. That's good to hear. Well, nice yeah. work on that. We have tons of coverage on that on our website, so if you guys are interested in, in that whole story, be sure to check out idahoconservation.org um, for more details on that. But so, so it's been interesting. It's always interesting. What, what do we have to look forward to closing out the month? Uh, well, we've got some issues coming up. Uh, this is kind of, you know, this this is a really busy time because they have what's called a, a, a self-imposed March 5th transmittal deadline. And what that means is that March 5th is supposed to be the last day that they can pass a bill on the Senate floor, transmit that over to the House for consideration. Because when you consider all of the, the time that it takes to engross and sign and print the bills and have them transferred mm-hmm. over and then submitted to the governor for his signature and whatnot, um, it, 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 it takes time to do all that. And so, uh, so they, uh, because they want to get out of here around the end of March, um, they've set that March 5th transmittal deadline. And so there's just a, a flurry of activity as legislators are trying to get their bills heard and through and onto the respective floors of either the House or the Senate. 
Um, so just today, we've got two bills in one committee and another bill in another committee, as well as rules in another committee and, and, uh, and bills coming up Thursday and Friday. Um, you know, it's it, the, the big one of the big ticket items is the uh, is the tax cut bill. And so depending on how and when that moves through uh, on the Senate side is really going to um, be an indicator of, of how long we'll we'll be around. And so if the okay. tax bill, which was passed out of committee, uh, Senate committee earlier this week, I think on a five to four vote, um, if that comes up and if that's passed on the Senate floor, then I think there's a, a you know, that, that kind of starts moving us down the hill where the pace will quicken and, and they'll try to get the budgets passed um, for each of the agencies. Because that's really the, uh, you know, there, there's always a big ticket item, whether it's transportation funding or a tax cut or whatever the, it, the kind of issue might be, um, you know, that in addition to that big issue, you've got all the budgets that you've got to pass for all the various agencies. Uh, and so those are all in, in progress now. Uh, and I think they've already passed a few bills um, through the House, and those will be moving through the Senate as well. And so um, that's the critical work. If, if the legislature doesn't fund, fund the state government, then they'll stick around until they get that done. And okay. so, um, so that's really what it takes to, to get these guys going home and packing. But one of the things that's going to be a little bit interesting this year, though, is that um, last year there was litigation over some of the vetoes and, and the time period and the, and the process by which um, the governor uh, is required to either sign and enact a, a statute into law or um, or veto that statute and so because of the because of the ruling from the Supre Idaho Supreme Court um, there there's kind of going to be a, a 10 day limbo period where they've passed their final bills they've submitted them to the governor and then they're just going to kind of wait around huh. Um that 10-day waiting period, uh, which is the kind of the veto time. And so it's, it's going to be really strange towards the end of the session where they can't bring up any new legislation um, and they're just going to be kind of sitting around, but they have to maintain a quorum in the House and the Senate. So people um, can't so leave. So people can't leave. They can't just keep a skeleton crew of leadership here. They've got to actually maintain a quorum. And so... It's going to be interesting at the end of the session just how they fill their time. Mm. Uh, but for each day they're in session, that's you know seventeen thousand dollars. I think is, is wow. uh, or it might even be more than that. Anyways, it's 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 a healthy chunk of change when you consider all the staff and and the per diems that they pay and everything um, that uh, that it's going to cost taxpayers. So, anyways, that it'll it'll be interesting to see mm. what they can come up with to fill their time there. And and uh, we're a little concerned that they might just start doing silly stuff to fill oh their time. <laughs> I so I had a question. Um, my understanding, this is an election year, and I've heard from uh, some various folks that during election years, uh, some some kind of wild bills get proposed because people are, are you know, seeking re-election and, and maybe they, they want to really seem like they're doing something great. Has anything come up like that? Or, or do you have a read on anything that maybe something's come up just as like a, a grandstanding more than a, a well-thought-out plan? Um... You know, there's always a fair bit of grandstanding. Um, you know, certainly we've seen our fair share of, of kind of hot button social issues, 
several gun-related issues. You've got, um, I think, a bill being introduced um, later today dealing with the Castle Doctrine. You've got some stand-your-ground stuff, um, some abortion bills and abortion reversal bills and mm. um, a, a number of kind of social issues that have... Uh, been introduced this year whether or not that's uh, I mean you see those every year though I mean last year we saw concealed carry constitutional carry and and you know so so you kind of see those um, with some regularity there there are rumors though about why certain bills are coming up and depending on who's bringing them that maybe they're using it for re-election and um, and there are also there are a number of, of legislators who are seeking to move up you've got Representative Pack, Kelly Packer in the House um, running for lieutenant governor, as well as Marv Hagedorn and Bob Nonini in the Senate, uh, who are also running for lieutenant governor. You've got Luke Malik and Christy Perry running for CD1. Um, but I haven't seen a, a huge um, you know, push from those legislators about um, you know, trying to really uh, bring controversial or, or um, you know, cutting edge legislation let's say okay so Um, maybe it's just par for the course yeah but you know it's always it's we could still see more stuff introduced and after we kind of get past this this march 5th transmittal deadline then maybe we start to see some kind of cookie bills come up where it's like well we're not going to actually pass the bills because there's not time but we'll just kind of float them out there and maybe have a hearing and Mm. and have some good political theater so there's there's still time nice Um, I wanted to get back a little bit to the, to the big push, the, the tax cut bill that you mentioned. Um, and you kind of talked about the, the budgets for regulated agencies. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we obviously, in the work we do, it's really helpful when agencies are well-funded. They can, you know, they can pay for the job that they need to do. Mm-hmm. That's obviously very important. Do you know, is this tax cut going to impact? Are there going to be any repercussions on state budgets? Do you have a feel for that? You know, I I don't have a good feel for that. Um, my sense is that, um, you know, the, the revenue numbers that they base the budgets on are, are really the, the, you know, the preceding and current year numbers. And so this would have more effect on ensuing years. So it would okay. be more of the fiscal year 20, uh, 2020 um funding bills next year that have the potential to be impacted. But I think at least in theory, um, it, it wouldn't have a direct immediate impact on some of the budgets because it would it, it would more be down the line. There would be less money going into the rainy day fund potentially. Mm-hmm. And then if we had another, um, you know, economic uh, recession or something like that, then we might be in you know, not as good shape in order to address that. So I don't think that it's as much an immediate impact. It's it's more, um, you know, what happens in two, five, and ten years down the road. Okay, makes sense. Um, and then, and getting into some of the specifics of of some of these environmental, I guess, bills that could impact our environment, um, environment and public health really is what it sounds like. You know, I think a lot of people listening to this and engage in our website, they, they're looking for opportunities to get involved. So I was wondering if we could just kind of go through maybe some of them, get a brief background, and then also like, hey, if you're interested in testifying or if you're mm-hmm. interested in, yep. um, you know, contacting someone. So I, like, maybe let's start. We've talked a lot about the emission bill. Um, right. What, what exactly is the emission bill and what can people do? Right. So right now um, in uh, in Idaho and in in certain counties, you're required to have your 
emissions tested every year. And I know that that applies in Canyon and Ada County because of some of the non-attainment issues. Basically, we've, we've, uh, we are at or near the thresholds um, relative to ozone and some uh, you know, other air pollutants. And so um, several years ago, they, they put in place a testing emissions testing program in Ada County, and they added one in Canyon County. Um, a couple of years after that. And so um, right now, if you have a, a vehicle that is more than five years old, you're required to go in and have your emissions tested. And that's something that has been shown to reduce the amount of particulate matter and, and ozone and, and um, pollutants in the air that, that in particular, uh, you know, have a negative impact on um, elderly and, and uh, babies and, and those with suppressed um, lung function. And so uh, it, it, it's an important program and, and something that helps to keep our air clear. Well, there's a bill coming from um, Senator Hagedorn, happens to be one of the people running for lieutenant governor, mm-hmm. um, and he uh, is trying to exempt vehicles that were constructed after 2007. And so it would take the current five-year exemption, extend that basically to an 11-year extension, and then instead of having it be a rolling exemption so that a car bought in 2020 would be built before 2015, you know, that needs to be tested, that kind of thing. It would just write that and etch it in stone 2007. So in the year 2027, uh, basically 85% of the vehicles or more would not be tested on the road for emissions. And so it it basically neuters the emissions testing program, um, which, you know, it's fine if you want to do that, but the problem is, is that that's going to mean that the Treasure Valley is going to be a non-attainment, and they're going to have to shut down facilities that are uh, polluting. They're going to have to, you know, clamp down, and so it's it's basically inviting the EPA and and the federal government to come in and and you know pound us with a hammer instead of trying to solve this issue on our own. So that's what's that's what's frustrating about it is that we we've we've been able to control and and reduce emissions through this testing program um, and it's having beneficial impacts on our air um, but unfortunately uh, basically for some political reasons it could be on its way out. So that's a, a big concern for us. Okay. And so folks if they if this concerns them just a good mm-hmm. they call their senator representative and say hey I I am against this emissions bill they'll right. know they'll know exactly what they're talking about yep and, okay. yep yep and that's coming up for a hearing um this afternoon so i don't think that listeners to yeah. the podcast are going to be able to uh hear that but then it would transfer over to the senate and so okay um, if it passes through the house if it's approved out of committee passes the house floor then there would be another hearing in the senate transportation um committee you know potentially as early as next week or the week after okay cool um, the other one I really wanted to hit on too was, was this backflow preventer. Mm-hmm. I think everyone, everyone in Idaho, likely has a backflow, but they may not realize that they have one or what it does and why it's so important. So kind of like a, you, that was great with the emission stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, can you give us a quick backflow one hundred and one? Sure. Yeah. So backflow preventers are are something that, uh, like you said, if if folks are on uh, irrigation or or um, you know have you know, I mean, all various facilities have them, hospitals and municipal. And so even even if you might not be aware, if you have one at home, you probably have one at work or in the office building that you're in or the apartment building or senior center that your parents are in. Um, but um, the um, basically what it is, it's a device that ensures that irrigation water or surface water is not 
coming into contact with your potable water uh, in your pipes at home. And okay. so uh, if you're on a sprinkler irrigated uh, sprinkler system, uh, you've got a backflow preventer there that, that um, either you or, or someone comes to service every year, make sure that it's operating properly and, and that's re it's required that you have that annually tested because these devices are only warranted for one year. And so uh, when and if they do fail, uh, the results can be significant and you know for apartment buildings and hospitals you know hundreds and hundreds of people can be sick and there's there's instances of that here in Idaho where backflow preventers have had faulty seals or faulty parts or they weren't installed properly um, and uh, people have gotten sick and people have ended up in the hospital so it is a it is a significant public health concern and representative Lance Clow from um, Twin Falls has, has proposed a, uh, a rule uh, or a rule amendment that would strike out the requirement to have your backflow prevention devices tested each year. Um, so and the only way someone would know if it's not working is if they got sick. If you ended up in the hospital, yeah, you okay. start puking, or, or maybe you hmm. uh, you know run a fever, or maybe you know your your infant child um, hmm. you know starts turning colors, that kind of thing. So I mean, this is not a joke, um, and it's something pretty serious. And and the thing that that uh, frust one of the things that really frustrates me about it is that there's a process that you could go through, and there's there's potentially middle ground here where Representative Clow could um, reach out to DEQ and and the Division of Building Safety because there's actually two rules uh, that reference each other uh, that he's seeking to strike. And there might be a way to say, okay, well, for certain backflow prevention devices, maybe uh, maybe one a one-year testing uh, requirement is too much. Maybe we can go to a three-year test on, on residential and, and keep the annual ones for municipal and, and um, you know, hospitals and apartment buildings and, and that kind of thing uh, where you have higher risk uh, potentially. Um, and so he could have petitioned for rulemaking and then initiated a, a process by which citizens and interested stakeholders could come in and try to find common ground. Instead, he's just trying to basically do an end run and strike these out of rule. Um, and then there would be no protections in place. Um, and, uh, and so it would be a, a big concern for public health. So that's one of the, it's not only the substance of it, but it's also the, uh, the process that uh, he's going through to, to try to block this. Okay, and then, and then again, so this is in the House now. Um, it's, it's up today. Sorry, listeners, that legislature moves somewhat quickly. So if you're listening, you're probably going to miss the testimony in the House. But then it goes to the Senate, so people can they can contact anyone, representative or their senators, and, and say, you know, hey, I'm against the backflow bill. I'm against it. I'm for mm -hmm. protecting public health. And, and they're, right. they'll know what they they're and, about. and like I said, because there are two separate sections of rule, you've actually got one coming up today in the House in the Environment, Energy, and Technology Committee. And then the other is coming up tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, and what is that? March 1st uh, in the House Business Committee. And then if it were to, if those were to pass, um, then it would go over to the Senate, uh, and you would have it in the Senate um, Resources and Environment, and then also the Senate Commerce Committee. So okay. you've got you know kind of a patchwork of different committees, but huh. on this one because it's two separate sections, you've actually got two committees in in each body, so two in the House and two in the Senate that would have to consider and approve this. Okay, good to know. Uh, that's a little. A benefit if you're yeah. if you're a quick listener of right. the Wild Idaho podcast, you 
You're up to date on when you can testify. That's right. That's right. Um, okay, so no, I mean, we've talked a lot internally and on our website about the backfill and the emission stuff. Any, anything else that, that folks should be aware of? Um, well, there's one. There's a House Bill 496 that, that threatens to undermine Harriman State Park, which is mm. one of the real jewels of the state park system here in Idaho. It's over on the Henry's Fork of the Snake. It was donated uh, back in the uh, 20th century by the Harriman family. Um, for the benefit of Idahoans and actually is the uh, kind of the, the impetus for the creation of the uh, Idaho Department of Parks and Recreation. It was, it was that, that gift of Harriman State Park and the uh, certain requirements in that agreement, that gift agreement that said that the state would establish a professional park service and uh, that it would be staffed on the basis of merit alone. And so um, there is a bill from Representative Joe Palmer of Meridian who um, is seeking to um, to have the director of Parks and Recreation be a governor appointed position instead of one that is appointed by the, the Parks Board. Mm. Uh, and so there is a significant amount of concern from, from folks across the state who love Harriman State Park who are concerned that that will, could result in the loss of that, that asset. Um, and there, um, there are, from what we've heard, there are members of the Harriman family who would like to have that property back. Mm. And so, uh, so that's a real concern. And, and as, as far as we know, um, the, the legislation um, that Representative Palmer has is, is introduced is, is really seeking more to go after the Transportation Department and is just sweeping in the Department of Parks and Rec. Um, I think for political cover, and so it's really frustrating when you see, um, you know, kind of collateral damage to agencies or or environmental resources when, um, you know, they're just kind of being swept in for for no reason to provide some political cover. So that's that's pretty frustrating. But we do hear that there is a potential um, amendment coming that could uh, change that. The attorney general also found a number of other issues with that bill um, that had to do with the the changes to the Transportation Department and also the Department of Corrections, who okay. uh, the, the legislation would strip the, uh, the board authority to hire their directors. So mm. um, then there's also, there's some other public lands bills. And, and on a positive note, uh, the Wild and Scenic Rivers Resolution recognizes the 50th anniversary of the Wild and Scenic Rivers Act this year. Great. Um, and uh, Idahoans' role in, in passing that um, back in 1968. And so that's going to be up in the House Resources Committee on Thursday. It's already passed the Senate, and so it just has a couple more couple more hurdles to go before it's uh, enacted into law. Nice. And this is a quick shout-out to you. If folks, if, if we didn't cover anything, if, if there's something you're, you've been tracking that we didn't talk about, um, on our website, Jonathan does a great job at, at doing the legislative bill tracker. And so that's anything that we're engaged in. You kind of give a quick summary of it, and then you let folks know how we stand on it. Very convenient thumbs up or thumbs down. Um, so if there's anything we didn't cover that, that you're looking for, be sure to check that out, again, at the website, idahoconservation.org. Um, and, and if you have questions, as always, let us know. Um, Jonathan, I know you're a busy man, so I don't want to take too much more time. Um, just... Again, thank you for for taking the time. Um, I know you got a full day ahead of you today and this week, and probably for the the rest of the month. Um, any parting thoughts? Uh, you know, just just I, I would just say that that it's it's very important for citizens to be engaged. So if there are issues out there that you're 
interested in or ones that you're interested in learning more about, reach out to us, use resources available, and, and come on down to the Idaho legislature, sit in on a committee hearing, see how it works. And, and if you're uh, interested and, and compelled, then I would say get up and, and testify on your behalf. It's, it's fun to do and, and something that uh, is a, a great way to, to get some access and exposure to issues you care about. Nice. Well, with that, thanks again. And uh, yeah, not sure when we'll have you on next, but I'm sure it'll be soon. Happy to do it. Happy to come back. Thanks so much, Op. As always, thank you so much to all of our members and supporters. Uh, This podcast wouldn't be possible without your support. So if you're a member, thank you once again. Uh, If you're not a member, check us out, idahoconservation.org. You can keep track of everything we're doing in the legislature, as well as all the work we're doing throughout the state. So With that, we're signing off on another episode of the Wild Idaho Podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening in, and I look forward to you listening in on the next one. Take care.